Hi everyone, my name is Kat Savage and I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and well-being expert working in the creative arts sector. In my line of work, I get to meet some amazing, colourful people, from actors to artists, people who live their lives by their own rules, fueled by passion and determination to bring their unique talents into the world. I wanted to discover what it took for people to leave the usual nine to five and hop on a dream, to capture their bravest moments and share these meaningful conversations with you, so that together we can explore the ideas, emotions and moments that could potentially change our lives too. The Brave Moment podcast starts now, in the middle of the COVID pandemic, probably the bravest moment not only for my guests, but for the whole world. So let's keep talking, have some fun and enjoy the show. This week on the show, I talked to singer-songwriter Charlie Louise. Charlie is an up-and-coming artist who has rapidly grown in popularity over a very short space of time, playing for the likes of Scott Mills and Chris Stark, two of BBC Radio's biggest presenters. She has recently sold out a solo show at Sturt's Theatre here in the Southwest, collaborated with audio giant Bose on their Discovered at Home sessions through the nation's lockdown, and played multiple shows at the Plymouth Pavilions, the city's largest performance venue, with other artists and also solo. We talk about her process, her advice for younger artists, and also about overcoming her fears in order to perform her music to the nation. It is with great pleasure that I introduce you to the tenacious Charlie Louise. And if you've not heard her music before, sit back, relax, and listen to her song Hold On To You, which she wrote and produced last year. This mess inside my brain Told me not to watch you out But I can't sit back all alone Sit back all alone Not gonna watch you walk out Need to hear your voice on the to you trying to take your mind off things you could do so me not to watch you out but i can't sit back all alone 
just taking you back into your childhood did you always know that you had a talent for music or did someone discover it in you I think I'd kind of always really sung I remember like it being really poignant when I was like traveling a lot for football and I'd be in the car with my dad a lot and we'd be screaming like Bon Jovi living on a prayer (laughs) like honest to god (laughs) that's the most like poignant memory I've got and him just going well you're not that bad like you can kind of sing. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where I saw it and thought, I kind of wanted to do this a little bit more. So did your, because obviously, I, I'm just imagining you now screaming my head off with your dad. I was about dad. 10. Oh my goodness. I was so, oh, I could just imagine that actually, because you're quite a smiley girl. Um, can your dad sing? No. None of my family musical insightist. Really? Mm-hmm. So you came along and they were like, oh. I came along and they were like, she'll be a footballer, 100%. <laughs> Who knew that you played football? Do you still play football? No, I play hockey now. Oh. I do a bit of football, but I play hockey. You've gone up into the hitting people with sticks. Yeah. yeah I, used to, I used to play hockey. I used to love hockey, actually. Love so here you were at 10 years old, um, able to sing. So, I mean, what made you pursue it? It wasn't really until I was about 13 or 14. All I wanted to do was meet Ellie Golding, and I decided that the only way I was going to do so was by becoming a musician in the industry, I guess. And I figured, <laughs> uh, and it's still not happened, but apparently that was my only logical reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough a reason as any. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, you know what, I'll teach myself to sing, I'll teach myself to play instrument. So which came first, the instrument or the, or the voice? The voice. I used to sing to backing tracks and stuff. So Ellie Golding, obviously a big influence in your life. Yeah. Um, 
she's got a very sort of ethereal sound and obviously I've heard you sing quite a lot in your time and you definitely have those sort of ethereal tones in your voice do you reckon she was kind of a major influence on your sound when I was younger a lot more I think so yeah um, but it's kind of expanded a lot more now who would you say your biggest influences are now Fleetwood Mac Billy Joel they're probably the main at the moment Oh just really varies. I used to love Billy Joel. His, mm. uh, what's it called, In the Middle of the Night song. Absolutely amazing. And Piano Man. Oh, absolutely mm-hmm. love those guys. <laughs> what's your favourite song and why? <clears throat> uh, my favourite song is probably Vienna by Billy Joel. It's quite funny because I feel like this song resonates with um, the fact I'm like a firm believer of like fate and like everything happens for a reason and not rushing to get somewhere too soon, um, which I just think is so sick. Why do you think you're uh, sort of drawn to that kind of music? I don't know. I think the harmonies with Fleetwood Mac is the main thing for She's me. She's a goddess, isn't oh she? Oh, my God. <laughs> we went to see them um, last year or the year before, mm. um, and that was just, like, the biggest inspiration. Like, I'm so jealous right now. I, it's so weird that you should say that. I was literally playing If You Ever Did Believe the other day, um, which is featured in the film Practical Magic, which is awesome. Obviously, it's Halloween <laughs> as we're recording this now, before the lockdown, and her voice is insane. It's just... Yeah. It, it's the character of her voice which I really, mm-hmm. really like. So, Ellie Golding inspired you to pursue your music. How did you get from A to B? Like, what was your journey into educating yourself? I don't know. I think it was quite, like, it was really frustrating to begin with because I kind of came to it really late rather than, like, doing it from a young age. So, like, 13 or 14, I feel like it's quite late to be, like, learning about the industry and stuff. Um, so it's quite frustrating trying to learn so much in such a short space of time. Yeah, it just kind of went really quickly. Like, it went from nothing to quite a lot, like, really fast. Did you... I mean, obviously, you went to City College and you studied music there. Um, I can remember you as quite a shy person at that time. How do you think you've blossomed since you started your music career? I think writing helped a lot. I think songwriting helped a huge amount. Um, Because initially, I was quite reluctant to open myself up to like criticism through my songs mm. whereas now I'm like we'll say exactly what I want which I think is cool <laughs> <laughs> can you remember what your first song was and what was it about yes it was quite, it was kind of like a co-write yeah and it's called breaking away I don't think it's not actually horrific <laughs> <laughs> that was the first song like I kind of wrote like majority myself and then the first song I ever wrote on my own I remember being so proud of it it's called Over Again and it's the cringiest thing you've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) what's it about? I was friends with somebody and then ended up like not being friends with somebody Mm -hmm. and then looking back at it going oh maybe we should like start over and it was just so cringy honest to god (laughs) (laughs) what are the lyrics to the chorus can you think of them off the top Um, of your head? the the first lines of the chorus I know we might be different but let's reverse the time I know we're worlds apart and I don't know why. That's something like that, something like that. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> How old were you when you wrote that? 16? 17? <laughs> yeah. That's I, so cool. <laughs> that's quite late, I think, to be like writing your first song. I'd see, I would disagree because. Really? Yeah, and, um, you know, obviously being in the singing realm myself Mm -hmm. um I think you know some people do start writing early and it's I think it's a good habit to you know get into writing and all this bit early but I don't think people's songs really mature until they're sort of hitting 20 because your life experience is very different then would you agree with that yeah yeah do you find that when you're writing a song that 
the lyrics hit you at 2 or 3 a.m. in the yes. morning. What is that? It's so annoying, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I need to get a pen and paper, but I can't be bothered. I'll remember it. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then it's morning and it's completely gone. And you know and... it was such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always the ones you can't remember that were obviously the best ones. <laughs> what do you put in place to sort of help you when those, when those moments of inspiration hit? Like, do you carry like a notebook with you or do you just like stop and I'll always, on your phone? Yeah. My, the whole notes on my phone is just like random lyrics from like years ago and like my dad will text me and he'll be like this is such a good song lyric and I'm like dad no like that's so bad <laughs> good old dads yeah they always no know so bad but yeah just whatever I can think of just goes into the notes <laughs> what I mean what inspires you to write do you get inspired by events in your life or or do you just write about whatever comes into your head mostly like yeah people and situations um just depends like whatever's kind of going on so taking you now to your first ever performance can you remember where you were and how you felt and how it went <laughs> first of all where were you <laughs> it was at Manhattan at Cherry Fair awesome and it was I'm pretty certain it was literally like the 16th of June 2014 <laughs> it's so bad I can remember that <laughs> there were loads of like it was the worst because I like knew pretty much everybody there and I just, God. honest to God. That is the scariest thing yeah. for a first gig, that yeah. you know everyone in your audience. I know. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it was sung to a back, everything was sung to a backing track, so you play an instrument. Yeah, it was just horrendous. I thought I, I thought at that point I was a bee's knees, and it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> is that you thinking it was bad, or did someone go, no, Charlie, well, just no? <laughs> no, I think people were like, that's okay. Like, there's a bit of potential, but it was, oh, my God. Can you remember exactly how you were feeling when you stood on that stage? Not really. I remember just being absolutely terrified beforehand. Mm. And then it was fine. Like, it's fine when I'm singing. Mm. But I feel like you can't really hide behind a backing track. Mm. Because if you get the timing wrong or something... You're screwed, basically, aren't you? exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Whereas, like, if I'm playing guitar, I can just make up what I'm doing. Do you think that's one of the reasons why you learnt the instrument? Kind of. But I thought it was easy for songwriting if I learnt the instrument. Mm. So... That was your first ever gig. What what has been so far your favourite gig? I've got two, actually. So the first one was the second time I played at Pavilions. I think the first time was kind of a little bit... I was terrified, and it was so daunting. Mm. But the second time was my favourite, 100%. It's a big stage as well, isn't it? Massive. Yeah, really, really big. <laughs> um, were you by yourself, or were you with other bands? I was on my own. <gasps> oh my goodness, Charlie, that's <laughs> epic! <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel when you came off that stage it was just like awesome <laughs> i can't even like put it put it into words so if you were to have a dream gig in the future where would it be what sort of gig would it be would it be like intimate would it be massive like what's your ultimate dream gig in your head i feel like i've kind of played my dream gig it, back in april i should have my first like ticketed like solo show mm-hmm. at Sturts. um and then it was postponed to September which I got to play that was like sold out solo show wow Um, yeah and it was like I was the only one on on the bill essentially so it was everybody was just coming to my gig that's really and in the middle of a pandemic oh my goodness what what was it like looking out into the audience I I imagine they were all in face masks it was all there were some face masks and it was all like staggered rows and stuff Mm. but Oh, my God. Because uh, the thing is, I thought there were going to be a lot of people I knew. Mm. And I looked out and I didn't know half the people there. 
which was just like the best part like not just my friends and family have come to come to watch they've actually come to see you yeah that's so cool yeah are you in touch with your fan base like do you respond to them or are they their own entity well I feel like yeah I'm trying like respond as much as I can Mm. but um like, when I was doing live streams in lockdown, they'd all just have conversations with themselves and, like, <laughs> each other on the live streams. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. They'd just be chatting to each other in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> how, would your, how would your family describe what you do? If they were to describe you to someone else, how would they describe you? Me? Probably, like, tenacious. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my music... I never normally play it to them straight after I've written them. Yeah. I don't know. Most of my songs, like, ballady and, like, I love that. So, obviously, we know that you've grown in confidence since Menhenniot Village Cherry Fair. That's awesome. <clears throat> but what worries you? What keeps you up at night? Like, not living up to an expectation, Yeah, I think. Um, and not, like, being the best at something. I have this, like, mass... I just, like, I'm awful if <laughs> I don't think I've done, like, well enough at something. mm how do you cope with that? Because obviously when you're live and yeah. you're playing an instrument and singing, there must be a lot that can go wrong. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think like that just, I think is just so much practice and just perseverance and just, it's kind of just second nature really, like most of the stuff in my sets. Yeah. But yeah, not not living up to an expectation is terrifying. <laughs> I totally feel you. <laughs> what drives you? This is the thing, because I look at it all the time. I'm like, I don't want to be working at a shop the rest of my life. Yeah. Um... And I just think, like, constantly, any spare time I've got, then I'm just, like, trying to write new songs, trying to produce new songs, um, and just, like, perfecting the craft, I guess. Yeah. And just practising. Obviously, you do sing, you songwrite, you play guitar. Uh, what do you do to sort of develop your practice? Like, do you go through exercises, or, like, what's your sort of daily routine with that? I just, like, practice, like, chords and piano and guitar riffs and stuff, because I feel like the only way to improve is just challenging yourself. But yeah, I don't have any like set practice. Yeah. Like that's literally, I think, all it's. What what steps are you taking through lockdown to sort of ensure that your music just keeps going? There's only so much you can do, I feel like. Mm. Like I was doing a lot of live streams and everything each week. Um, and writing as much as I can. But I went from like working part time to working full time. Yeah. And it kind of flipped. So I didn't do a lot of music in lockdown. So I looked at it and thought, well, there's loads of people writing songs and I've like written like two. I was so busy. I had the same thing, not because I was busy, but because, I don't know, when someone sort of takes away what you do, you can go two ways, can't you? You can either get really creative Mm -hmm. or you kind of shut down. Yeah. Did you find that as well? Honest God, like, writing the first song in lockdown was the hardest thing. I would just sit on the floor in my room or, like, in the studio or something and, like, for hours on end, just could not think of anything. What what is that? Do you I mean <laughs> I hate it, honestly. I hate it so much. I'm so with you. It, That's oh reassuring though, that it's yeah. not just me. <laughs> it's yeah, I've, I've spoken to quite a few creative people through lockdown and they've all either gone one way or the other. They've gone, I've done a million creative things or nothing. That's the thing. And I've I feel like I've only seen the people that have been really creative. Yeah, same. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. And it just put me into this hole of like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not like oh, it's so bad, honestly. <laughs> I feel you, girl. Oh, I feel you. Um, so, I mean, looking back, 
What do you think your emotional journey has been with your singing? So have you always felt self-assured with what you're doing or have there been moments where you've really, like that, just absolutely doubted yourself? Can you see your emotional growth? Mm -hmm. I think I'm, yeah, definitely more assertive and, like, understand the Mm. process a lot more rather than just being really naive to it. Can you remember the first time you heard your voice recorded? (laughs) So recorded, like, professionally? Yeah. Yes. The first time I did some covers with some friends in Leeds um, at their little home studio. I remember one of them was We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off by Ella Eyre. Yeah. Like, that version. I was pleasantly surprised, because I don't think the takes were overly good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It wasn't horrific, Mm. but looking at it now... (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the same of anything though isn't it how do you judge your voice because I know that when I listen to myself I'm like okay I've got a really whiny tone like as you can probably hear as I'm talking I've got quite uh, a high sort of nasal sound so when I sing sometimes I sound like a strangled cat it's really bad sometimes like what are you looking out for in your voice that I don't know you want to change or what are the tones that you really like well I'm like working on like the lower end a lot because I feel mm. like that's, like, the richer part of my voice. Yeah, I'm not keen on, like, the, the top top end. Needs a bit of work. <laughs> Should I say? <laughs> that's hilarious. I love it. What's the first song that you've recorded that you're really proud of? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> probably one of my songs called Hold On To You is the favourite that I've, like, recorded and produced. Because I think it really represents the sound that I would lean towards it's really vulnerable but it's also like there are so many like layers and so many harmonies that just like really like hits hard in the chorus which is kind of I don't know it's like two different sides I think okay I'm gonna throw you a really random question now if there was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow what would be your weapon and would it be physical mental or sound related the weapon's gotta be a hockey stick (laughs) got to be oh my god has to be i've got this image of of you in my head now with wild hair and this hockey stick and like two like smeared like it's got to be (laughs) an essential item okay another random question if you were to die tomorrow and you were to be reincarnated into another life what three things would you want to bring forward from this life Definitely my guitar. Yeah. Maybe like pasta. I love pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I love pasta. You hate to forget pasta. <laughs> <laughs> that is also an essential item. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the film Matilda. Oh, I love that oh film. Oh my God. I love it because basically it was the first time that I thought I could do magic. Like in my head, if I, if I believed in it hard enough. <laughs> do magic <laughs> i literally know all the words but it's, it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> have you seen the musical yes i love it so sweet there's a there's a really cute song in that called my house that miss honey sings oh uh, really you should totally check it out i'd love <clears throat> you to do a cover of that that can be my christmas present <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think will keep you going through this next lockdown phase live streams definitely yeah yeah not musically probably like jigsaw puzzles jigsaw puzzles <laughs> or you'd be on your own or you bubbled with someone <laughs> me and my mum this weekend just been sat doing jigsaw puzzles all weekend <laughs> I love that 
super cute. <laughs> <laughs> but she wasn't very happy because this morning I mixed two jigsaw puzzles together <gasps> accidentally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You rebel. She was savage. <laughs> <laughs> How have your parents been coping through lockdown? <clears throat> they've been okay, actually. My mum's been... They've both been working. My dad's been working from home. Yeah. Um, so we haven't actually all been stuck together too much, which yeah. I think was good. If you were a movie title, what would it be? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> keeping with the Royal Dahl theme. Yeah. BFG. Nice. Five foot. It's got to be. <laughs> the shortest BFG ever. I love it. <laughs> what advice would you give to other young people who are about to start out in musical professions? Probably just trust yourself and just trust, like, your gut and what you think. Yeah. Do you think it's hard to trust yourself um, when you look at social media and there's sort of that perfected thing going on? (laughs) Yes, definitely, because you're just comparing yourself constantly to, like, people that are maybe the same age as you doing what you want to be doing and Mm. you look at it and go, how am I even going to get to that, like, level? Like, everybody's kind of made differently, so comparing yourself to other people isn't really, like, relevant and just doesn't even, like, matter, does it? Obviously, we're coming to the end of the show now. What do you think have been your bravest moments or moment? I definitely think opening myself up for criticism through my songs and, like, learning about myself. The one comment, you could get, like, 100 nice comments and the one bad one. Like, it's not even bad, but, like will just stick with me and make me want to just, like, show this person, like, completely wrong, I guess. Yeah. So it kind of galvanises you, do yeah. you think? Oh, that's yeah. really, Makes really me far cool. more determined if somebody's, like... Not negative, but, like, trying to criticise... Constructive criticism, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, OK. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll try and improve next time. <laughs> OK. So, finally, imagine that you have... I don't know, a 10 or 11-year-old person saying, I want to be just like you when I grow up, (laughs) what would you tell them to do? I think it works two ways. I mean, if you just want to sing and that's kind of all you really want to do with it, then definitely, yeah, do that. But I think learning an instrument just opens up so many, like, so many kind of avenues. And just songwriting as well, I think, is really important. That's cool. I found YouTube very helpful. Okay. Um, for like starting out, and it's I think perseverance when you first start learning an instrument mm-hmm. is the most important thing because it's so easy to just like turn around and go I don't I like it's just give up with it. Yeah. 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 But I think perseverance is incredibly important with instruments. So, what are you working on music wise at the moment? Do you have any new music coming out? Have you just finished anything? Like, what what are you working on currently? I'm working on my first single. Are you? I am. What's it called? I can't say at the moment. Ooh, ooh, I love a secret. Will you tell us when it comes out? Yes. (laughs) Um, How are you finding that process? Well, it's literally only, it was sprung upon me, um, like, last week. Yeah. Um, Will it be weird during lockdown? Like, how are you going to go through that process? Are you going to have to record separately? Can you get into a space together? Yeah. We had, like, a little FaceTime earlier, which is just, like, weird, isn't it? Back and forth with, like, Zoom calls. (laughs) (laughs) So when do you think your uh, single will be released? 
hoping January next year. Thank you so, so much for doing this interview today. Thank you for it's having me. It's been so lovely to see you. <laughs> um, if people want to find you online, what should they search for? Uh, all my social medias, I think, are I am Charlie Louise. Well, thank you so, so much. Thank it's you been for having to me. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie is living proof that it doesn't matter what age you are, if you're brave enough to follow your passion, then good things land in your lap. There have been many films, books and philosophical teachings on how your thoughts become your experiences, and I absolutely believe that you bring to you what you think about most. But I feel I should mention that it takes application, dedication and total vision and trust in your capabilities to bring your dream into reality. As Malcolm Gladwell discusses in his best-selling book, Outliers, to become an expert, it takes 10,000 hours, or approximately 10 years, of deliberate practice. But deliberate practice is a specifically defined term. It involves goal-setting, quick feedback, and countless drills to improve skills with an eye on mastery. So maybe Charlie is right when she says that she started songwriting late in her mid-teens. Maybe because she has always known what she wanted to do, it feels that way to her. Luckily, she's making up for her lost time in leaps and bounds, and I just cannot wait to see what she accomplishes next. We've spent a fair amount of time together, and it's been wonderful to see her grow out of any fear or anxiety into the confident performer that she is today, All of her positive choices, although challenging, have led her to this point in her career, into the realm of creativity she has always allowed her heart to beat for. She represents a new generation of performers that are used to online presence, are used to the scrutiny through social media. Maybe this is one of the reasons that Charlie considers herself tenacious, as having to work hard to polish her performances ready for one of the toughest platforms in the world means that only the best of the best will survive. And Charlie? Well, she is one of the best of the best. Reflecting on that, what can you do today that will help you tomorrow? Have a look at your working week and see if there are seven slots of time you can dedicate to your dream. This may be making an important phone call on Monday, setting yourself a task on Tuesday, drafting something out on Wednesday, doing something to inspire your work on Thursday, practice something on Friday record on Saturday, and post on social media on Sunday. It doesn't have to be a vast amount of time, but if you're striving for success or change, try and carve out 15 to 20 minute slots every day. Maybe 10 minutes in the morning and 10 in the evening. Maybe every advert break on the telly. Maybe as you're ironing, you could be listening back to something you've written that day. But guaranteed, the more you do it, the more you'll start to notice those minutes creeping up and up with the amazing feeling it gives you to be productive and enthusiastic towards your life-changing new lifestyle or passion. As Tony Robbins once said, you haven't got to do it. You get to do it. And if you get to do it today, you're more likely to have it in your tomorrows. Next week on the show, we talk to the BBC's Unsung Hero award-winning hip-hop dancer, Toby Gorniak, about following your passion, TED Talks, dancing and receiving an MBE. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. If you have a spare moment now, please like, subscribe and tell me your thoughts in a review, which will really help other people like yourself to find the show. Of course, you can also share with your friends and follow us at the Brave Moment Podcast 2020 on Instagram or the Brave Moment Podcast on Facebook. 
If you're interested in getting in touch, pop on over to the therapy page Coping to Mastery on Facebook or via the website copingtomastery.org. It's been so wonderful to have you all here with me again. Please get in touch with the show with your own stories and don't forget, your brave moment starts now. <laughs>